Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie Ghostin-Paul. I'm the host of the Take Nothing When I Die podcast. Take Nothing When I Die amplifies and celebrates the wisdom and genius of people who've managed multiple careers in one lifetime. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Stephanie Ghostin-Paul, and you're listening to Take Nothing When I Die. Welcome to episode two. We're talking with Amanda Spann today, and you are in for a treat. Not only is Amanda very accomplished, but she's really humble and so real. You'll hear just about that in a second. I would say she is the queen of taking a business model from one industry into another and doing it successfully. So let me give you her official details. I wanna make sure you don't miss anything about her. Amanda Spann is a Chicago-based marketing consultant and app entrepreneur. Sitting at the intersection of product and promotion, she helps brands take their ideas from concept to creation and then build a buzz around them. Prior to her current roles, Amanda co-founded TipHub, It was an impact-driven innovation community for entrepreneurs in Africa and the African diaspora and the hosts of Diaspora Demo Day, once the largest U.S.-based pitch competition for African-led startups. She also served as CMO of Blurdology, a tech social enterprise to support and engage the Black tech community and the first organization to host hackathons targeting African-Americans. The company helped to spark interest innovation, and it assisted minority entrepreneurs build their apps or web-based ventures for little to no cost. This Florida State and Georgetown grad is a member of the Techstars Network, and she's previously been honored as one of Business Insider's 30 Most Important Women in Tech Under 30, Walker's Legacy 2016 Power 50, Rolling Out's 25 Women You Should Know one of BT's Blacks on the Brink of Greatness, and she's one of the five future leaders in technology named by Black Enterprise Magazine. With no further ado, I bring you the episode with Amanda Spann. We have Amanda Spann here. We're excited to talk to her. First of all, tell me where you are in the world and how you are for real, for real doing. Not the like, oh, I'm good. Everything's fine. Tell me how you really doing. Okay, so I'm in Chicago today. Today is actually kind of a down day. And this might be too much information, but I always get a little depression like a week before my period. And so I kind of had a hard time rolling out of bed today. And, you know, this is just something I cope with, like, on a month-to-month basis. And I'm realizing that everybody deals with it to some degree, but we just don't talk about it at scale. So just dealing with feeling enoughness, not necessarily feeling like you aren't enough, but, like, have I done enough? Did I work hard enough? Did I complete this to the degree that I needed to? Have I, I dove into this enough? I do kind of struggle with being compassionate with myself in that degree, you know, just giving myself the grace to not working all the time. So what I do when I feel like this is I take a second to write down everything I've accomplished this week. And that helps me really put down everything on paper in front of me and see like, oh, no, you've actually done a lot. You've done more than one. And then 
too, it just helps me realign with my goals and where I want to go in life and where I want to be. It helped me realize I'm a lot further along than I would like. So yeah, that's a little thing that I, I've learned to do. And I've started doing this probably in the past few months and it's really helped me a lot. Nice. Wisdom out the gate. I love it. I love the grace and you talk about compassion. And I love how you had that strategy too of like, how can I list what I've done? And I'm sure too, that list is long. You'll be doing a lot. I have a very busy week. This <laughs> week has been extremely busy. I just came back from vacation. So I've been in like full swing, like, okay, it's time to get back on my grind and get things knocked out. And I work on a lot of things. I'm trying to fix that too, but I've been known to work on too many things. So that is something that I am actively working towards. Very cool. Well, let's dive right into the questions. So, you know, the podcast is really highlighting amplifying, celebrating the genius, the wisdom that comes from folks who manage multiple careers, seemingly unrelated or to some maybe related throughout one lifetime. And you say, you do a lot of things, you want to do less, but on a scale of one to 10, how much do you dislike that question? What do you do? And it's like the networking question. It's like the meet people question. How much do you dislike that question and tell us why? I don't dislike the question. I dislike the fact that People sum up how much respect they're going to give you based on your response. So I don't mind answering the question, but I, I just wish more people look for just good in people as opposed to what can you do for me or what do you do or I'm going to sum up your words based on what you do for a living or how much you make. So what question would you rather be asked? And then go ahead and answer that question. I suppose like what are you passionate about or what are you working on right now? What are you up to? Like, what's next for you, you know? And what's next for me is I'm, I'm in the process of trying to transition into a career in venture capital. I've worked in the startup space for the past decade in a number of different capacities. And I think that really prepares me to kind of be like the director of platform of a lot of funds, which is a position that really is the keeper of community and makes sure that the entrepreneurs have everything they need to be successful, in addition to handling some of the marketing initiatives of the fund. So I am working on getting more education and foundational knowledge about running a fund so that I can pursue that. I have a podcast myself that is doing pretty well. And I have a book that I've been working on for a while and I'll be launching a membership community for the book as well. So those things are all in the works right now. And I'm hoping to wrap up at least the latter two by the end of the year. Very cool. Very cool. I know all of those things. There's such a need for it. I just finished up a report about community in Portland and how the VC community is largely white and male. And so to have somebody who is not that in those communities for those entrepreneurs to see themselves reflected is so, so important. So I'm happy that you're taking that on because we need more of that. Well, thank you. So I would say, I mean, it's not just Portland. Like the VC community is white and male, like pretty much everywhere. There are probably less than 50 Black women VCs in the country. So it's a big undertaking. And the difficult part about most of the things that I do is that I typically don't know anyone who has done it before or, you know, it's a new trajectory. Like, you know, if you want to become a, the top real estate mogul in the country, there's a pathway to that, right? The formula, a framework for getting that done. If you want to sell insurance, there's a framework for getting that done. So I am 
the person who's building new frameworks. Like, you know, my book is about, you know, building apps. And for me, when I, I built my first app, there was no framework for me to follow. So I'm hoping to create the framework for other people and kind of give them a leg up on the next big thing. And I realized that in doing this, it might not happen for me, right? Like I might not be the person who's that unicorn founder and I'm at peace with that. But if I can lay a foundation and a framework for someone else to be, then that's enough for me. Dope. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What do you want to be when you grow up? And this is a question that we typically ask younger children. Like there's one static thing, but what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be happy. That's what I want to be. I want to be happy. And the things that make me happy is especially educated and empowered founders. Personally, it's my friends and family. Like I love being around my loved ones and just having the fellowship, the food, the fun, the laugh. I like to travel as well, but I typically am traveling because I want to go see my friends and family. (laughs) Yeah, so that is what's important. So more of that in my life, I think, will make me happy. Very cool. I see some of those Instagram videos. I'm always like living vicariously through you. I'm like, I want to be there. That's exactly where I want to be. You know what's crazy about that is that I know people who travel like twice as much as me. And so like before I was like, oh, you're a world traveler. And I was like, I, I guess maybe. I mean, I, I do travel quite a bit, but I maybe travel like maybe once a month which some of it's for work, some of it's for play. Sometimes it just all runs together. So people are like you, your jet setting. I haven't traveled anywhere like all summer. It just so happens that I am traveling back to back during these early fall months. So it just looks like that. But really, it's not as glamorous as it seems. A lot of labors and a lot of sitting on flights and watching the same movie over and over. Oh, man. They got to change this selection. They really got to do better. The snacks, the food, and the movies. It's like, you already know. Do better. On Sunday, I was having breakfast with a friend, and he was like, yeah, I was on the plane watching Men in Black 2. And I was like, how are you watching Men in Black 2 on the plane? And he was like, that is played. He was like, I don't want to spoil the movie for you. And I was just like, I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) I have no interest in watching the movie. You can spoil it. It spoiled itself. So we didn't need another movie. We didn't need it. Yes. We didn't need that remake. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you have a marketing background. You have had a variety of roles and, and you do all the things. How have you kind of packaged all of that? Has there been a common link or thread throughout the roles that you have? And just tell us about that process. I think some folks really struggle with how do I tell the story of what I've done and what I can do? And so tell us what that process has been like for you as you move throughout your careers. Well, what I've done is I've really tried to use my foundational framework and my foundation of marketing to weave that through and repackage that as a skill that may be needed in other industries. So everybody needs marketers, regardless of whether you're working in entertainment, regardless of whether you're working in tech, regardless of whether you're working in the medical space. So those things can be transferred over. And I think people don't focus enough on their transferable skills and how, you know, if you're a nurse or whatnot, I mean, yeah, like you may look at your job in one capacity, but there's so many different types of nurses. Further, you build a lot of other skills outside of just 
assisting people in the medical space, right? Like you learn great time management. You have learned how to be patient and kind and compassionate with people, especially in some of their darkest moments. You've learned people management skills. So these are all transferable skills that can be used in any industry. I think what it's about is putting in that extra work to get additional knowledge that you may need to supplement your existing experience. So that's what it's always been for me. It has been, okay, well, I am going to utilize what I have right now and build upon that and be very transparent about what I don't know. And just to let people know, I mean, I'm meeting with someone on Friday about what I don't know about VC. And I'm going to be very, very honest about my insecurities about where I might be falling short and where I might not be the strongest in the space. But being vulnerable in that way allows that person to help me fill the gaps, right? They can discern, okay, well, she needs X, Y, and Z, and we can get her that knowledge. Uh, Nine times out of ten people are willing to help. You just have to start thinking strategically about your ask of them and what things they need to provide to you to help you get to where you want to be. That makes total sense. And you already started to talk about it, but you named these transferable skills. For you, can you give us an example of how you use your skills or something you accomplished in one area of your life or role and how that transferred to a seemingly unrelated, but maybe another role? So when I started my career, I first worked in entertainment, entertainment and fashion, and I was a publicist for entertainers. I always knew I wanted to transition to tech. I always had an interest in it. I just didn't know where start and I didn't think that I could be like I don't know I just didn't realize there were publicists for tech industry and when I kind of started my career there really wasn't many PR firms focused on tech but you know that has since changed there still aren't that many but a lot more than they used to be and so with that what I did was I looked at the skills I had as an entertainment publicist and I started talking to people about their needs in the tech industry. So I would sit down and have conversations with them about like, okay, what are your pain points? What are you struggling with? What are your marketing needs? And like, how would you like them to be filled? And then when I heard their needs, I realized they weren't radically different from what I was already doing. And I could fill in some of these gaps. There's a steep learning curve as far as like the actual product. I didn't really know too much about that when I first started. But once I realized, okay, this is what I don't know, and I started asking the right questions, I could kind of fill in those gaps for myself. So I started self-educating myself on mobile marketing. I would just print off as many things as I could find online in addition to talking to people and just asking them to mentor me. And then my transferable skills, the entertainment industry and the tech industry have a lot of synergies in that. You know, breaking a record in a new market is not radically different than breaking or introducing a new product. It has the same elements, but there's just a different product. And so you kind of have to just look at it in a similar way. And that's the way I saw it. Like, I'm just breaking a new product. I'm not necessarily going into some new domain that I know nothing about. I know about marketing products. I know about marketing people. I can sell a story either way. It just happens to be a different type of story. What do you think it is about you, whether it's something that you cultivated, it's like some internal thing, what is it that you have that lets you do all of that stuff? Because I'm sure some folks may be listening like, oh, that sounds really good, but could I do that? Or can I reach out? Can I be vulnerable? What do you think it is about you or what have you developed, if anything, that helps you do all of these 
like transition from role to role or to reach out to folks and do all that stuff? I would say that I'm pretty resilient. You know, I get down, depressed. I'm hard on myself just like anybody else. But I just remind myself I can't stay there. So I just try to keep going. Two, I think my outlook in that I believe that there's opportunity everywhere. And I really framed my mind over the past few years in particular that this is something that I've really tried to hone within myself to not see myself as a victim in any circumstance, even if like I was wrong or something wasn't fair. You know, asking God, like, why is this happening to me? I say, well, what are you trying to teach me? And like, what can I take out of this to get to the next level of myself? I think I just show up for myself and I try. Like, a lot of people just don't show up for themselves. Like, they don't go to the meetings, they don't reach out, they don't take those steps, they are just kind of coasting through life, and that's okay, right? So that's comfortable. Coasting can bring you a good salary every day, can provide you with the means to do whatever you would like to do, right? But if you want to try to do new things, coasting isn't conducive to that. And I think that I'm a pretty genuine person. Like, I mean, what you see is what you get. I mean, for better or for worse. Sometimes, I mean, I want some bullshit sometimes. You know, I have moments where I've just been a shitty person. But, you know, I'm aware of these things now. And I, and I actively try to work to fix them and improve them without running myself crazy. Got it. Thank you for that. Can you tell us, has there been just a favorite role, a favorite moment? Or something that really surprised you as you were going from thing to thing to thing, or even just your day-to-day now? I recently worked at a company called Techstars, which is a business accelerator for startups. And I really, really enjoyed that work and helping a small group of startups grow. I also previously ran my own accelerator with a few partners called Tip Up. Um, we're focused on startups in Africa and African diaspora. So that was really rewarding as well. I get the most enjoyment out of talking with founders and helping them solve their problems creatively. I think what is challenging about that, however, is that like sometimes I can have a bleeding heart for entrepreneurs and it doesn't always pay well. But larger corporations, people pay big bucks for someone to come in and solve these problems. Well, when they're stuck, they just don't have the money to give. So really, it could be very much a labor of love if you let it. But something that I've been thinking about over the years is like, how can I kind of evolve that and turn that into recurring shares of profit for myself? So that's something I'm always actively thinking about. Very cool. I remember, I don't, I think it was a couple of years ago. I remember seeing you did this. I don't know if it was a campaign or a site where you were like, asktheblackperson.com or something. It was after like another brand did something stupid again. And you were like, this should not be happening. You need a black person in your boardroom. Hit me up if you need help. Like that stood out of my mind. I was like, I remember that she did that. I remember that. Yeah, honestly, it was kind of a gag website. I just threw it up because I was just so frustrated with seeing brands use like Black outrage as a marketing tactic. And just being haphazard about the way they went about cultural marketing. But so I just threw up a website that like just a landing page that was just like asktheblackwoman.com. Like, <laughs> look, if you need a Black friend, I will be that. You have to pay your Black friend, but that, you know, it is cheaper than a crisis PR firm. So, you know, just pay me to be your Black friend and 
Yeah. Thousands of people visited the site. I mean, I got a lot of interview inquiries based on it, but I didn't get like, any new clients or anything like that. But a lot of people just thought it was just hysterical. So Yeah. And it's funny and it's very sad that that is actually for real, for real needed. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're getting to the end. Last question is really about the heart of the show. So there's this Les Brown quote that talks about the graveyard being the richest place in the world because it's there that you find hopes and dreams that weren't fulfilled, cures for things, songs never sung, inventions never shared, all those things. For you, what's the most expensive piece of wisdom or advice that you don't want to take with you to the grave? And it could be what you paid for it, like monetarily. It could be the lesson that you learned. Expensive in whatever way makes sense to you. There's so many different ways I could answer that. I think one thing that I've learned definitely the hard way, and as you know, they always say that like millionaires and successful entrepreneurs typically have like better streams of income. But what they don't say, and I think what a lot of people forget, is that you really have to have a solid one first, right? And maybe that is your job. Like, as much as people think that, like, you know, oh, you're an entrepreneur, you want paid jobs. But yeah, I'm not crazy about going into a traditional nine to five, but I'm not opposed to work. If you offer me the right number and it's something I would love to do, then why wouldn't I take it, right? Like, there are lots of perks to to working, especially a job that you love, a job you feel comfortable in, and I don't feel feel like there's any shame or anything to look down on upon that. I choose entrepreneurship in part because there's a lot of things that I'm trying to work on and build because I'm working in an industry where I don't have the foundational knowledge a lot of other people have, I have to work a little bit harder and I need a little bit more leeway to give myself the room to learn these things and to navigate these things differently. So for me, it's about just utilization of my own time. It's not conducive for me to be in an office for nine to five or nine to seven, which I often was when I worked in corporate, to be able to do the things that I need to do. But I'm not opposed to going back if I need to or if I have to. It just has to be the right position for me. Another thing that I think is that opportunity is everywhere. People frown on a lot of opportunities because they look like hard work or they look inconvenient or they look like work that's beneath you. So there's that. And then another piece of advice I would share that Michael Roberts gave me. I don't know what his middle initial is, but there's a couple of Michael Roberts. But Michael Roberts, who's a black billionaire, and he's, uh, I think, in the Midwest, and he owns a lot of telecom companies. He has owns some hotels. Well, he has a lot of different companies. He has like 80 different companies at one point. And I asked him, I had a chance to meet him because I used to assist his publicist. And I asked him, how do you manage having so many companies? And how do you manage just doing so many things? And he was just like, running businesses is like almost like running a farm. He was like, you sow all your seeds at once, but that doesn't mean they all come to harvest at the same time. He was like, there are going to be things that sprout above the ground faster and that will grow rapidly. There are things that are going to grow in the next season when they just take longer to incubate. And then there are things that will never sprout. You will never see them come up, but that doesn't mean they're not growing underneath the ground. And so that's something that's really stuck with me, that everything has a season, everything has a time, and you have to learn patience and grace with yourself and with your process, and just continue to trust that God has a plan and everything will come to fruition if you continue to meet it with like hard work and diligence. That's dope. Thank you for those gems. Thank you, thank you. Anything else you want to share with us before we find out like where you're up to and where we can find you? 
No, um, you know, I'm just working on same old, same old. You know, like I said, I am transitioning to a career in VC. I'm working on my book. I have my podcast, Amanda Spans MVP. But yeah, that is my life right now. Okay, cool. And people can find you on Instagram, Twitter. Where are you mostly playing at? I'm mostly on Instagram at the Amanda Span, Span with two N's. I'm also on Twitter, but I don't tweet often. So it's just Amanda Span on Twitter. You can find my podcast, Amanda Span's MVP, on pretty much every podcast platform. Um, and if this is the link in my bio or on Instagram, you can find a link to get you know, more information on all these things. You can visit my podcast. You can visit my website. Every, every place you want to go. Everything you want to learn about me. <laughs> in my Instagram bio. So check it out. Please feel free to just shoot me a message if you have any questions. I, I'm pretty responsive to my DMs. So, yeah. You heard it here. She said slide in her DMs. She gave Don't me a comment. Don't no craziness, though, because I will ignore you. I will block it. It will say seen. Well, you are red. Because I do have to occasionally just say some crazy shit. And I'm just oh. like, who are you? Who raised you? So, yeah. That's so funny. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for taking time. And it'll be in the show notes. Let folks know where they can find you. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yes. Take care. Amanda did not disappoint. I would not lead y'all astray. I told you. She's amazing. Out of all that she said, uh, I think I'll, for the take nothing when I die takeaway, I'll choose the comment she made about coasting. She said coasting isn't conducive to trying new things. That's going to sit with me for a while because it hit home really hard. Now, if you like what you heard today, make sure you tell a friend or five, like our podcast, subscribe so you don't miss anything and leave us a review if you have a couple minutes. Let us know what you think. We can be found on all major platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Anchor, Cast Player, Radio Public, and soon to be Google Podcasts. You can also find us on social media. If you're on Twitter, we're at TNWID, which is the acronym for Take Nothing When I Die. And on Instagram, you just spell it all out, at Take Nothing When I Die. If you're feeling so inclined, Join us over at patreon.com slash T-N-W-I-D. There's a community of dabblers and wannabe dabblers there. You'll get the videos from this podcast and you'll also get a chance to contribute to community. We'd love to see you over there. If you can't or don't want to for whatever reason, but you do want to make a one-time contribution, we'll also take that. Uh, It goes towards my work as a coach and a consultant. So you can find me on PayPal, Cash App, and Venmo. Lastly, if you want to check out other episodes, there's so many that are coming out that I'm so excited for y'all to hear. Go ahead, go over to www.stephanieghostin.com slash T-N-W-I-D. That has the show notes, that has Amanda's information, that has more information about me. You'll find out so much more about Take Nothing When I Die, where it came from, what it's all about, and be able to check out other episodes. So I'm signing off for today. It's been a pleasure. So grateful to Amanda for sharing her time with us. And this is your daily reminder. You are a living ancestor. Until next time.